0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. If revolution has impacted your life in any way, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your story. We encourage everyone to get involved at a local church and to change the world for Jesus. As it's all about Jesus, it's always about Jesus, and it will never stop being about Jesus. Enjoy the message.
1: My father does.
2: Ooh, just lay your burdens down. Ooh, and here in the Father's house, check your shameless.
1: Journeys where you are, and you never want it perfect, you just wanted my heart. And the story isn't over if the story isn't good, and failure's never final when the father's in the room. I said, failure's
2: never final when the father's in. The room.
1: Helpless, find hope, cause love is on the move When the Father's in prison doors the Prison doors fling wide, the dare come to life Singing love is on the move when the Father's in the room Miracles,
2: miracles take place now The cynical find
1: love is on the prison doors fling prison doors swing wide the dead come to life singing love is on the moon when the father's in the room miracles, miracles take place
2: yeah Simple for fight place. Love LA
0: Welcome to our bringing moment where we bring our tithe and our offering to Jesus you know so you can go ahead and you can get ready so long to give um, but I want to share a few minutes with you about the principle of first the principle of first and this is probably the most important principle that you will ever hear on the principle of tithing um, it's the most important principle you will ever hear on having a blessed life if God is first in our lives right then everything else Will come in order. If God is first in our lives, then everything else will come in order. I'm not saying that tough times won't happen. I'm not saying difficult things won't happen. I'm saying that would you rather face tough times with everything in order with God, or do you want to face tough times with everything out of order with God? God has to be first for there to be order in our lives. If God isn't first, there will be disorder. So this principle of first, it runs throughout the entire scriptures from Genesis to maps or Genesis to Revelation. So you can go so long to Exodus chapter 13. And I just want to take a few minutes to explain to you the principle of first. It runs throughout the Bible, but let's look at the book of Genesis. It says in verse one, then the Lord said to Moses, dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites, the first offspring to be born of both humans humans and animals. That belongs to me. It's mine. I own it, says God. This word, mine, is, it's, is very strong in Hebrew. You must present all firstborn sons and firstborn male animals to the Lord, for they belong to Him. Very strong word here in the original language. Everything, the firstborn belongs to God. So point number one, the firstborn belongs to God. The firstborn, point number one, belongs to God. In other words, you give your tithe first. The tithe is the firstborn. You don't pay everything else and then see if you have enough left over to tithe. Your tithe is the first 10% because it takes faith to give the first, right? It takes faith to give the firstborn before you have any more. God didn't say, wait, um, um, only give to me later. First, first give to me. First, do what you need to do with your finances. And then later, when you have 10 sheep, then give me the one sheep that you don't like. That's not the principle of first. It's not the 10% that brings the blessing. And this is what people forget. It's not the 10%. It is the faith that brings the blessing. Jesus is God's firstborn, and He gave Him first before we ever chose Him, before we ever did anything else. And that's God's faith. So when you give your first to God, The rest is blessed. Meaning don't give give your first 10% to MasterCard or to Visa or to APSA or to NetBank because they don't have the power to bless the rest or the other 90. 90% God will bless. But the first portion, that first income, that first 10% belongs to the Lord. It is a very strong word. Point number two, first fruits must be offered. First fruits must be offered. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, it says, Glorify God with all your wealth. Honoring Him with your first fruits, with every increase, meaning your bonuses, your tax returns, gift donations, everything that comes extra, that comes to you, God. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. So we don't just give our 10%, but every increase we get, we also give 10%. Look at what he says in Exodus 23:19: The first of the first fruits of your land, you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. So you'll see this principle throughout scripture. And you always bring it to the house of God. You always bring it to the church. You don't um, um, separate your tithe and give it. No, your tithe always comes to the church. God uses the word bring instead of give because you can't give what doesn't belong to you. So God says, bring what is mine. So you have two choices when it comes to tithing, according to scripture. Only two choices. And I know this is strong, but this is Bible. Listen to what it says. And I've been studying this since 2006, right? You have two choices when it comes to the tithe. You can either bring it or steal it. You can either bring it to God or steal it from God. See, it is blessed when we bring it to God, but it is cursed when we leave it in our bank account. That 10% is not ours. It does not belong to us. It belongs to God. It is God's. So as you're ready to give, get your budget sheet. You know, have a line item in your budget sheet where it says, listen, everything else comes after my tithe to God. And then what you do as a family, you teach your kids exactly the same. Whatever they get in 10% goes to Jesus. So that they can also learn the principle of first. Amen? So let's go ahead and let's give. Welcome to Remo Church Online. So glad to have you with us today. And we're also joined by my wife, Joy, Svetlana from Russia, right? We had such a great feedback last week from uh, what we did last week. eh? So we decided, hey, listen, uh, because dating and mating went so well last week, let's do it the same way today. So hence, Svetlana from Russia joining us. So we're in our relationship series. And if you're here for the first time, we're so glad to have you with us. Um, just sit back, enjoy, relax. Uh, we love you. So today we're going to be talking about marriage. Ooh. So if you're married, today is your day. You're getting one and you're getting one.
3: Woo. <laughs> and parents, we do have a point on sex today, but we'll still keep it PG rated. Yep. That's right. yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we'll notify you in advance. So in case you decide you don't want your kids to listen in, uh, you'll get fair warning before we get to that part.
0: Maybe. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. So let's open in prayer. Father God, we love you. Thank you that we can have fun and talk about serious things. And we just know that you love us. Father, I pray open our hearts and open our minds to see from you this morning. Amen.
3: I remember when we just got married. I didn't feel equipped to talk to people yeah. about marriage advice. Yeah, it was right? crazy. Uh, we had to give people advice who were much older than us and had been married for 15 years. And we were married for one year. <laughs> Dude. But after 15 years of marriage, I think there are a few things that we can share. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It, it was crazy, right? I remember you and I sitting like, we're not crazy. We're not crazy. <laughs> you know, it was weird giving people advice, like Joy said, who were like 10, 15 years old. Married longer than you. Yeah. But um, we had to do it. I mean, we learned fun times, like, yes, you should do this. And then we're like, what? You know? But you know what? We thought of doing is get questions and answers like we did last week. And we're we going to be joined by a special guest today, oh, wow. by Yanzi. Oh, wow. And uh, Yanzi <laughs> will uh, give us some examples and some questions for marriage. Hi, my name's Yanzi. I come from the Easter. I need some marriage advice. Welcome to my bedroom. This is the love zone. But I need some marriage advice for me and my goose, Svetlana. Now, they say that marriage is supposed to be magical. Unicorns. And lacquer brew. But why do we fight? I don't want to fight like Westlife. I don't want to fight no more. I don't know what we've been fighting for, but there's loneliness in my heart. I don't want to be something, something. Pastor, why do we fight?
3: <laughs> oh my gosh. So why do we fight? I think many of us grew up thinking you'll never fight in the perfect relationship. I remember I was so scared of conflict. Yeah. I never wanted to fight. Yeah. I had this warped view of marriage. Then I learned fighting isn't the problem. Yeah. The problem is denial.
0: Yeah, yeah. So good. So good.
3: The reason why we fight is because marriage is like a beautiful garden. Boom. <laughs> we have to pull weeds, we have to plant seeds, Boop. and we have to kill snakes and bugs. Good job. It's like Genesis, right?
0: Like in the book of Genesis, right? Yes, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the
3: beautiful garden, um, but we have to pull the weeds, we mm, have to plant mm, seeds, and that's we have good. to kill snakes in that's this good. garden. If you don't kill the snakes and the uh, the bugs in your marriage, then you'll kill your spouse. Yeah, Not yeah. physically, but with your words. So we need to understand that every marriage has snakes or pests.
0: Well, I think the big thing is the snake, because of the snake in the garden, right? Um, so, so yeah, like, like Pastor Joy saying, every marriage is like the garden of Genesis, you know, there will be snakes. So in your marriage, it means there's going to be spiritual warfare. And there are two practical things that you can do. Number one, attack the problem. And number two, affirm the person. If you don't understand what warfare, spiritual warfare is, what will happen is you'll attack the person and you'll affirm the problem. Oh, you're an alcoholic. Oh, we're struggling with an alcoholic problem. No, no, don't attack the person. Affirm the person, okay? But attack the problem. See, most of the time we're in the spiritual attack and then we take it out on our spouse and then the enemy uses us as a weapon to destroy our spouse. So destroying the person is not going to win the battle because you're destroying their heart and you're destroying your marriage. It's not about being right. That's right,
3: and that means you might need deliverance, and we do that. And you might need counselling or marriage coaching. Get out! But don't think divorce <laughs> is your only option yeah, when so you're good. going through something difficult. Hmm.
0: And also, deliverance isn't a big deal, right? You come, we pray for you, we get it over and done with, and it's sorted. Yeah. So let's see what, what Yan Z has to say next. Put it in the basket. Pick up your socks. Why? Does this go here? Listen, why does it... My wife always says, why is it so difficult to put your socks in the basket? Pastor A&J, how do I change my wife? She's driving me nuts here, eh? I'm so sick and tired of picking up socks. How do you change your spouse? Yeah, man, listen, listen. I don't leave my socks anywhere, right? I mean, like, in Jesus
3: nowhere. Name. <gasps> I'm <delivered>. going <laughs> You're better than what you were, love. I know. But I in know. all seriousness, our job is not to change our spouse.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
3: Our job is to obey God.
0: That's so good. Yeah, so, so our job is never to change our spouse. It's always to obey God. So in a marriage, your job is not to change your spouse. Your job is to obey God when it comes to your spouse. Yeah. Ephesians 5, is 32 and 33 says, This is a huge mystery. And I don't pretend to understand it all. What is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church. Now how does Jesus treat the church? And this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife. Loving himself in loving her. And how each wife is to honor her husband. So the picture is we need to have a marriage that's built on the way that Jesus loves his church. Which is sacrificial which is honoring and which is respectful.
3: That's right. And we're not talking about someone who's breaking the law, sleeping around, addicted mm. to yeah, porn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, they need help. Yeah,
0: right? correct, Let, correct.
3: You've got to be honest when you're at a point like that that you need intervention. Yes. But we're talking about small little everyday things, picking up the socks, putting the toilet seat down, how yeah. do you squeeze the toothpaste.
0: Well, that's a big deal.
3: <clears throat> and if she doesn't cook, don't force her. <coughs>
0: <laughs> Where?
3: If you're an extrovert and he's an introvert, don't force him to change. Yes. Ladies, if he likes wearing brown cocky shorts with long socks and fellies. Mamma. <laughs> then let him wear it. Prayer changes everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Joy talks about experience, yeah. I mean I had my cocky shorts, my cargo pants, and my long brown socks, eh? I had she loved it. No, she didn't. I was that guy. And prayer changed me. Prayer works when you work prayer. (laughs) But guys, listen. You need to love your wife. Listen, gentlemen. You need to love your wife the way Jesus loves the church. It's sacrificial love. It's in words and it's in deeds, not just thoughts. So a crazy question to ask your wife is, wife? Do you feel loved by me? That question will change your life forever. I remember asking Joy that very early in our marriage. And there was this awkward silence. And I was like, you're supposed to say yes. You're supposed to say yes. But it helped me. It helped me to grow. You know?
3: That's right. And ladies, we need to honor our husbands. That's how you speak to them. How do you speak about them in front of the kids or when they're not around, in front of the public. I realize mm. I can get away with murder when Antoine feels like I'm honoring him. I can; He'll buy me shoes. He'll um, buy me anything. When she makes me feel like the
0: man, I'm like, yeah, baby. Here's the card.
3: <laughs> so ask your husband um, after this video, do you feel honored? Do you feel respected mm. by me?
0: It's a loaded question, mm. right? But it will help you grow in your marriage. You know, your spouse is like a flower. Flowers don't grow by being pulled get out rose (laughs) a rose has to be watered some flowers have thorns look after that flower right we have to be patient for those flowers to grow guilt tripping nagging it's not gonna change them oh you always you never no no God changes your spouse we gotta serve our spouse look out for each other love each other guys don't be harsh with your wives and ladies don't be controlling.
3: Or critical.
0: Or critical, that's a big one. Yeah. Okay, Yanzi, what's up? What's next?
3: Yesterday,
0: this guy at my work, he was fighting with me. He was so mean. Oh, really? Well, I'll show him. I'm going to give my other 2 Rex mates a bite of his arms. No, I don't want you to do, do anything. I just want you to listen. You never listen. Pastor j My wife says I never listen, so uh, how do I listen better so my goose can know that I love her?
3: Listening is honestly a skill you work on your Mm, entire mm. life. The problem is most of us don't listen to understand, we listen to respond. And guys, if you don't listen, she'll find another person who will listen. Yeah, because she'll
0: go to some disgruntled married woman or to another guy even, right?
3: Exactly. It doesn't make it right but the truth is that she will find someone else
0: yeah. marriage has to be a safe place to share our thoughts and our feelings it has to be a safe zone you know I and mean, it has to be a place where i'm being heard and i'm being understood don't use the words you always and you never because it'll just come back and it'll hurt you yeah. you know we don't use those words use the words more like i feel like or I think when you do this, I feel this way. At the heart of it is communication, right? Communication is the key. We communicate. We don't criticize. But it has to be a space where you feel free to communicate.
3: That's right. James 1 verse 19 says, My dearest brothers and sisters, take this to heart. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. And be slow to become angry. So be Usain Bolt. listening yeah God gave us two ears and one mouth
0: (laughs) how
3: did he go yeah boy
0: (laughs) so uh, I I had to listen to I had to learn this over the last couple of years to to really express the way I feel and you really helped me a lot with that because I mean often you grow up as a guy in an Afrikaans culture you don't say how you feel but I realized there's no way for you to know what's going on in here and in here if I don't tell you right so I had to learn I had to be like okay joy you got to listen this is how I feel this is how what it feels like this is what I think you know so be brave enough to share how you feel roses are red violets are blue oh keep quiet but I wouldn't know if they're red or blue because I don't get any from you. Huh. Uh, Supasa so Pastor and uh, I tried to love my wife, but she wasn't very happy. So what do I do? How do I show her that I love Svetlana? That I love her? All the way from Russia that I ordered.
3: Oh, damn, girl. She's upset. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh, my he goodness. is definitely not speaking her love language.
0: He's and in trouble.
3: This is a big one. He is trying to love her through words and clearly her love language is acts of service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need to know what is your spouse's love language.
0: Oh hello you. Shut up.
3: What? <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is it often what happens in marriage, and you and I learned this, um, and we actually went through this in our pre-marriage course. Often what happens is we we tend to show love the way we want to experience love or the way we experience love, you know, very early in our marriage, you know, I would just buy things for joy and I'd be like, here's this and here's this, you know, cause I wanted to show her that I love her, but I didn't understand that when I gave her that st- stuff, she didn't really feel loved. I was like, but I'm buying you all these things. And she's like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> but, um, that's not really my love language. <laughs> so, so what I had to do, I had to discover choice, love language, which was or is physical touch and and quality time. You know, Ephesians 5 verse 2 says, continue to walk, surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ. For he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God, like an aroma of adoration, a sweet healing fragrance. In other words, it's a choice. It's a constant thing that we have to walk in to show each other love and to express love the other person feels it. Remember, yeah. falling in love is easy. All you need is a pulse. Du-duh, du-duh, du-duh. You've got hormones. Yeah. But walking in love is a choice. Wow. Falling in love requires sacrifice. Yeah. Um, 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 falling in love doesn't require sacrifice. It's chemistry. And guess what? The um, scientists said that after two years, it just goes away, that chemistry. And then we think, oh, we've fallen out of love. No, the chemical is just gone. Now you need to learn to walk in love. So how do you walk in love? Well, by speaking the love language of your spouse. I mean, if I don't speak her love language, it's going to be like Chinese to her. Like, whoa, like what?
3: (laughs) That's right. Antoine and I are complete opposites in every area. Like you guys have no idea.
2: Yep.
3: What we have in common it's Jesus. Most important. <laughs> we think and act so differently. Our interests are different and our way of thinking. Gary Chapman has this great book on the five love languages. Great book. And it really helped me to show him in the way he feels loved. You know, Hugging is not his love language at all. No. Ooh, totally no. my love language. So I didn't understand why he was like all oh, weird and I was like, hey baby. He'd be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be like, what? <laughs> and then I learned... I need to buy him stuff, you know. And man, that saved thousands of rands in therapy. <laughs> so go on the website and then you can take the five love languages test right there. It's really going to help.
0: Yeah, the link will be somewhere on the screen. But yeah, man, find each other's love language and then show and express love that way. It, it saved our marriage, to be honest, totally you totally. know. Okay, Pastor a I think things are going better. I like talking to you, but... You need to go now. As my wife, Sutlana and I, we're about to Marvin and go. And let's get it on. Mm, Let's get on.
3: There's something wrong with that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, mom and dad. PG session coming up. We're going to talk briefly about sex. And baby... I don't think we have to talk too long in this, um, because last week you spoke about it as well, mm, mm, um, yeah. and but sex is important, and yeah. like you said, it's like super glue.
0: Yes, 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 and and so if you missed last week, go and look at watch it again. Basically, what we said was sex is like super glue. God made it to be take two things and to make it one, mm. you know. But I think Jan-Z is awesome. <laughs> I think he's man. That guy's awesome. He deserves a clippies and Coke. Oh, my <laughs> but I mean, like. Superglue is built to maintain intimacy in the marriage. Mm. You know, know, my pastor always asks me, you know, when we have a meeting once a month, he says, listen, son, in our accountability sessions, how's it going in your sex life? I remember the beginning, I was like, what? That's awkward. But he understood what the enemy attacks. Because the enemy wants to stop us from having great sex in marriage. And so he perverts it through porn. Or through some other means, you know?
3: It's crazy, but before you get married, the enemy wants you to have sex. Mm. And then when you get married, he wants you to stop having sex.
0: That's the same. But sex
3: is not ugly. It's not bad. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's created by God. In the right context, Yes. it's just like in marriage. perfection. The and flower
0: you, is amazing.
3: That's right. And one thing you guys need to understand is you might have an on switch.
0: The guys, yeah. The yes. guys might have an on the, yeah.
3: Exactly. You can just go in a flash. <laughs> but the girls, we take time. Right? Our pastor taught us, that sex starts in the kitchen. Yep. Um, so that means you need to treat her right, treat her good, say the right things, do the right things, and that is the right aphrodisiac for her.
0: Oh yeah. It's it's like the song, Treat her right, treat her good, treat her like you know you should. <laughs> you know, the book of Proverbs says it so well. It says that a man that a woman is like a deep well and the guy is like a fountain. What a picture, right? To get water from a fountain, all you need to do is press a button and ta-da, there's water. But with a well, you need to draw the water out. So to get the water, you need to work at it, guys. You know, Ask yourself, am I pursuing her like I did before we got married? You know, Am I running after her? Am I making sure that she knows she's my number one? You know, and lastly, if there's an addiction of porn, your intimacy will suffer in your marriage. It's, it's going to suffer whether um, with him or with her, but it's going to suffer. But I think let's end with this one. So let's end with this one. This one key to a successful marriage you know, is to serve God together. Yeah. You know? now you can write this down. Marriage is a priority, but it's not your purpose. The mission of Jesus is your purpose. I know this one might be controversial, but marriage... Is a priority. But it's not your purpose. The mission of Jesus is your purpose. Otherwise your marriage becomes your God. And it becomes an idol in your life. You know marriage strives. When it has a mission. You know. And the ministry of God. The ministry of Jesus has to be our mission. Serving God both together you know. As a couple. um, In church. I mean it's amazing for us. We've always said you know we're going to serve God. You know, um, gee, I remember God telling me, son, if you will serve my mission, I will build your marriage. Yeah. The purpose of your marriage is the mission of Jesus, which is to love God, to love people, and to make disciples. So you've got to ask yourself, are you serving in church? Are you fasting together? Are you giving together? It's not just a woman or a guy thing. No, no, it's a couple things. Gentlemen, allow me to step on your toes for a few seconds. According to the Bible, you are meant to be the priest in your home, not your wife. You are to bring the family to church. You are to get the family together to watch the message together. You are to bring the kids to youth and kids church. You need to lead this. Mom and dad, family time is Jesus time. Serving Jesus together on His mission. You know, it's not about staying. Oh, we're having family time, so we're staying at home. But guess what happens? Each person is in their own room on their own device. That's not family time. Put the video on TV. Watch it together. Let your kids see you reading the scripture, praying together, ministering to Jesus and ministering to others. Family time is not time apart from Jesus and his mission. Mom and dad, your kids are a blessing from God. Don't turn it into a curse by making them idols meaning you only do things to satisfy them and you don't teach them about Jesus and his mission together so in marriage it's about you and your spouse but remember you got to be serving together it's so important you know I'd like to pray for a couple well for couples right
2: yeah
0: Um, for married couples obviously (laughs) But here's a couple of practical things that I want you to do. Number one, are you in a connect group? Number two, are you serving together? Are you in a church together? Maybe you're watching this and you're like, okay, we need a church. Happy to join us. There's an email address on the screen. Email us and we'll get you connected. Right? If you don't know where to start, just email that email address and we'll get you connected. Um, Maybe right now you're like, okay, Pastor A, we've gone through a few dips, you know, we need some prayer we're going to pray for that right now yeah. see we're all in different seasons of our married life maybe you're newly married and everything is still rosy and hunky dory maybe a child entered the frame you're like uh oh <laughs> you know or maybe the kids are leaving school and you're like okay what now it's just us <laughs> you know i mean there are so many other things we could have still spoken about dating you know dating your spouse going out together doing so many other things but let's really pray for marriages. marriage marriage is under attack. How do you know that? Because if you look at any movie or any TV show, it's attacking marriage. The world is saying, you don't need to get married. Live together forever. Don't make that commitment to one another. But the marriage between a man and a wife, right, is sacred. Jesus built it. God created it. The world can't take what Jesus made and pervert it. So let's pray for you. Father God, I don't know which stage people are in their marriages. But Lord, I pray for every married couple right now. Lord, we pray for healing if there's pain. Lord, if there are addictions, God, we pray for deliverance. Lord, if there's been betrayal we, we, and they're trying to work through it, God, we, we ask for wisdom and understanding. Father, I pray your strength over every husband to lead their house. Over every wife, God to love and honor and respect their husband. God, I pray that every couple watching God, they will become pillars in Centurion and in society and all around the world, wherever they're watching God. In Jesus name, they will stand for truth. God, they will build a house upon a rock upon you, Jesus. God, this marriage will grow. Their children will flourish in Jesus name. God, we know we don't know it all. God, we know we'll make mistakes in marriage. But Jesus, that is why you're the center. God, this morning as a married couple, we make a renewed commitment to you. To love you. To build our marriage on you. To build our family on you, Jesus. Guide us. Help us to serve you with everything inside of us. Lord, in Jesus' name, we we just hand over our hearts and our rings to you. Like we made that commitment before you in front of all those witnesses when we said, I do. God, become the center of this marriage. In Jesus' name, we love you. Amen and amen. Amen. Have a great week. See you next time.